Family Life Fellowship. Good morning. Uh, before before I, I do anything else, uh, I want to thank uh, Pastor Joe and his wife Ruth for opening this church up to uh, the Bikers for Christ and all of the various biker ministries. I want to thank New Hope Full Gospel Church for loving us, making us feel at home, um, you know, honoring us. It, it is a privilege. Um, it, it, it truly is a privilege to come here, and, and uh, I want to thank Mike for the opportunity to, to, to come. He came up to me uh, last, that Sunday uh, on our bike weekend, and, and he said, Hey, we want you to come out to Zanesville and preach. And I was all caught up in the moment. I said, Sure, man, I'll go. And I didn't have a clue where I was coming. But at least Zanesville is on the map. Enterprise, he, you know, Jensen Enterprise, it's... Almost there, but I do want to, if you haven't figured it out by now, I'm not a biker. And, you know, I will be honest with you, it is very humbling to come in here among all these bikers that you could have had anybody to come and preach before you. And somehow or another, God has chosen this person to stand before you. And I'd like to go to the Lord and ask His anointing to fall upon me, because without that anointing, it's just a program. Amen. And we're not here for a program. We're here for a move of God. Father, we just come before Your throne this morning. And Father, we just open ourselves up to You, God. I pray that we would just make our hearts and our minds open to You, God. That we would just be vulnerable in Your presence this morning. And Father, I pray that You would move like a mighty rushing wind, perhaps even like You did in the day of Pentecost, God, when they were gathered in the upper room and a mighty wind from heaven came and just engulfed them. And Father, I pray that You would just move in that capacity this morning that we would make ourselves open to You, that lives would be changed, souls would be saved, that we would walk out differently than the way that we came in in a godly fashion. The Father, we would stop playing God games, that we would stop messing around and playing church, and we would fully get in Christ, Lord, that we wouldn't look to the left or the right, but You would have our focus, You would have our attention, and Father, we would be changed in a twinkling of an eye, never to be the same again. And Father, we just worship You and we praise You. And all of God's children said, Amen. Give God praise and glory in the house this morning. He alone is worthy. He is worthy. When when Mike got in touch with me and, and uh, was talking to me about coming down to Zanesville or coming out to Zanesville and, and preaching, he said the theme uh, was was about the put on the whole armor of God. And, and I preached this message back at our church. Uh, God gave this to me at the end of 2007. I went through a physical time. I had my second back surgery and and I was down and I was out and and you know I'm an individual who likes to be in control and I have my hands on everything and I like to do it all and when I was down and out Pastor Roy I wasn't I couldn't fight my way out of a wet paper bag but I will tell you this the church that God has sent me to got around me and they covered me while I recovered and God's preached that message to me through our body and I want to bring this message to you this morning but I because I believe that our nation is in great need of healing. I believe that we as individuals are in great need of healing and we need somebody to cover us while we recover. Now, I know some of you come in here, you're bikers, you're bikers and you're bad and you're tough and you're all this and you don't need help from anybody, but I will tell you this. If you would be real with yourself and real with everybody around you, there is has been a time or there will be a time where you will need somebody to cover you. There was a secretary in our church office that, that last year she went through a time her stepson had killed himself and she was going through a very difficult time. And she said, Pat, 
Pastor, she said, there was all kind of people wanting to pour into me and help me, but God said, no, it's just time for me and you. You just withhold yourself from everybody and you allow me to minister to you. And God gave her a vision. And the only thing that she saw was the back of people's heads all around her. And it wasn't that they turned their back on her. She said, as I saw the back of their head, in front of them there was something shining. And the thing that was shining on the front of them was their shield of faith. The only thing that I could see was just a glimmer coming. And she said, it wasn't that God left me there all by myself. But you see, He took my brothers and sisters and He encamped them around me. We will be in a time, we will be in a place where we need someone to cover us while we recover. In Ephesians chapter 6, in Ephesians chapter 6, and and I don't want to take the time to read all of 10 through 16, but I want to focus on verse 16. It says, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Now, I want you to understand something. Brian, if you could come up here. This is what God showed me. This is what God revealed to me when, when I was going through my difficulty. When, when, when He gave me this message, cover me while recovering, I pictured someone that was down and out. I pictured someone that was hurting. I pictured somebody that was left for dead. I pictured somebody that nobody wanted anything to do with any longer. They may have, may have been at the top of their game, but somehow or another they had fallen. Somehow or another, something happened. They would wound it. And I'll tell you what is needed in God's kingdom. We don't need to kick and push and prod, but we need to cover our brothers and sisters and allow them to cover. We need to come in and cover them while they recover. That was a picture. That was a picture that God showed me. He showed me the people come around in each other with their shield of faith, not with words. Not with words, not with just saying, oh, I'll be there. And as soon as you, you, you don't get treated the way you want, you take off running. See, that's what's synonymous with church. As we say, we'll be there. We'll be there to help. We'll be there for this. And as soon as things get a little bit rough and rocky, as soon as the decisions made we don't like, oh, I'm preaching, I'm preaching. As soon as the pastor, as soon as the pastor makes the decision, that we're not in total agreement with, I'm out of there. I'm going down the road. You can keep on going down the road there, and they're going to make a decision you don't like, and you'll go down the road there, and I'll tell you what, you will not go where God wants you to until you get back where we have fallen away from and allow God to breathe the new and afresh on us. Amen? Cover me while I recover. Now, the shield of faith. Let me, let me just say this. The Word of God says that Satan is like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. It says he is like, he's just making a bunch of noise. For there is really only one true lion of the tribe of Judah, and that is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The shield of faith that it talks about, it doesn't mean a small round shield that a soldier would hold in his hand to fight off the weapons of the enemy. But rather, it is a great oblong shield so that a uh, warrior would wear on his body so that it would ward off the fiery darts of the enemy. And what you have to understand about the fiery darts is when they were in battle, they would have arrows. They would have spears that they would dip them in pitch or some other type of combustible substance, and they would launch them. And then as soon as they would hit, it would serve as a small incinerary bomb, and it would explode. That's 
what the shield of faith is for. To absorb the blows of the enemy. And I don't know about you, but there are fiery darts being hurled, being thrown, being tossed at us at all the time. These are things that are being hurled that causes the believer to question their salvation. These are arrows that are being being uh, hurled at us to cause us to doubt. There is an all-out assault on the mind of the believer right now. I have heard it throughout this entire gathering this weekend that there is something brewing. There is something coming up. There's something going on in our nation. There's something going on that we, we sense something's going on, but we're not real clear what it is. We don't have all the answers. We can't see everything. I will tell you, it is an assault on your mind. And we need to be covered by the shield of faith. We need time to cover while we recover. Amen? When do we need to be covered? When we're vulnerable. Anybody ever get vulnerable? Well, let me just illustrate it. Cover me while I recover. You're going to be vulnerable. There's going to be things we're going to go through. There's going to be times we don't understand. For her to have the attitude, my son was saved on Sunday, but praise God, he took him home on Monday. Do you understand? Do you understand? That is the peace that passeth all understanding. That is not human peace. To me, that is inconceivable. I have two sons and a daughter, and the very thought... I can't even imagine. But that is the peace that God gives. That is the peace that passes all understanding. And it has come. It has come as her friends. Get up, get up. That has come as her as her friends served as a shield to allow her to cover while she recovers. There's three times I want to speak about is when we need cover to recover. Cover me while I recover from my problems. Cover me while I recover from my sin, my faults, my addictions. My mistakes, my whoops, my spiritual bike wreck. I know what road rash is. Had that. Spiritual road rash is ten times worse because the physical only hurts for a little while. But when you get taken to the spiritual woodshed, whoa. Yeah, I'm country. That's me. Cover me while I recover from my problems. I recover from my sin. This is when a lot of the church want to leave. It's when a lot of the church want to leave their fallen for dead. It's when a lot of... The bikers for Christ want to leave people. Well, you know, they got issues. They've fallen from grace. Let's just leave them alone. In Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, it says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also... Be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Listen to me. We need to get a hold of this scripture and understand that we cannot, we cannot allow to leave our wounded for dead. We cannot give up on them as bikers for Christ. Any type of bike ministry, you can, let me tell you something. They are too valuable to leave along the side of the road. They are too valuable when somebody has a spiritual bike rack to just say, oh, somebody else will come. An ambulance will come. No, you are the shield to cover them while they recover. You need to pick them up and you need to help them. And this is what you do. Listen, this is what we do. You, we need to have the mentality that nobody is going to leave. Nobody will be left for dead, but all will make it out alive. The Marine Corps has the mentality that no one will be left behind. And as a church, we cannot accept the fact. We, we cannot even entertain the thought that maybe my sons and daughters won't make it. I will not speak that. 
I will not think that my sons and daughters will make it. It may be on Sunday and God take them on Monday, but by the grace of God, my sons and daughters will make it. There's three things we do while we cover people. We protect, we encourage, and we pray. We protect them so they can focus on Jesus. So they can focus on restoration. So that they can focus on their help and their deliverance and their redemption and forgiveness. Not so they can focus on the storm. Not so they can focus on the tragedy. But so they can focus on Jesus. There's 12-step programs all over the place. Videos and archives and, and everything else telling you how to get through this. I'll tell you how to get through every storm. His name is Jesus Christ. He's the Son of the living God. The second time that we need to cover is cover me while I recover from my sickness. In Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, it says, When Jesus returned to Calpurnium several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed that his visitors that were there were no more, there were no more even room, not even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, Notice what he was doing. He was preaching God's Word to them. Whenever you begin to preach the Word of God, it draws a crowd. You can preach self. You can lift up church. You can lift up bikers for Christ. But if it isn't God-based, God-centered, God is the one that attracts. If God isn't in it, it's just a show. He was preaching the Word of God to them. Four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. They lowered the man on the mat right down in front of Jesus, seeing their faith. Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my, my child, your sins are forgiven. How radical would it be on this biker fest Sunday morning to begin to hear a little noise outside that once we thought it was just things blowing on the roof, and then we begin to see a little bit of dust fall. And all at once a gaping hole. But you know, we don't have to worry about that. Because in the churches in the United States of America, there's plenty of room. Radical faith gets radical answers. Big mouths get big miracles. We have not because we ask not. We get not because we believe not. Cover me while I recover from my sickness. The key is, is get me in front of Jesus. That was the key for this paralyzed man. This is when a lot of people are forgotten, when a lot of people are left out and overlooked because they can no longer run with the crowd the way they used to. This is when a lot of people are left out and overlooked because they can't get out. They're not able to move around like they used to when someone's diagnosed with cancer. There's chemotherapy and radiation and all these experimental drugs. When someone is, is, in, is in a hospital and, and, and something severe has happened to them and they lost their mobility, they're not able to get around the way they should. And many times people are forgotten. But not in the kingdom of God. We do not have that luxury in the kingdom of God. Let, let me tell you something. Let me cover you by carrying you. And you see, this is where we miss a lot of it. Zach, come up here a minute. This is where we miss a lot of it. You, a lot of times when someone is hurt, when they're going through a situation, we just want to see them. Well, you know, I'm sorry about your bad luck. I'm sorry it, it, it happened to you, but, but God bless you. And we walk on. But let me tell you what a true man or woman of God does when they have a situation or an issue. I'll carry them. I'll get them in the presence of God. 
I'll do whatever it takes. I'll go the extra mile. And if you need me to carry you, I will carry you. Because you see, what you have to understand, see, he thinks it's funny, but he's kind of heavy. What we have to understand is that we just want to look at people, oh, God bless you, and move on. But that's not what these four men did to this guy that was paralyzed. The guy that was paralyzed could not get around. He could not walk. But what happened? These four men grabbed him, picked him up. They couldn't get him to Jesus, Pastor Roy. So they tore a hole in the roof and let him down right in front of Jesus. In other words, maybe you don't have the faith. Maybe you're so messed up. We're going on right now. You're so distracted. Maybe you can't see God anything. But let me get you in the presence of Almighty God. I'll take you there on my knees. I'll take you in front of God. I'll pray for you. I will get you in His presence. Because in His presence is healing. In His presence is fullness of joy. In His presence is the answer we need. Get me in His presence. You're a man of God. You are not. I have issues too. And there's times I need you to carry me into His presence. Because sometimes I'm so weary. Sometimes I'm so heavy laden. Sometimes there's so much stuff going on that I can't seem to get there on my own. And sometimes I need covered so that I can recover. Get me into His presence. Maybe you don't have the faith right now. But I will get you into His presence. Protect. Protect, encourage, and pray. You protect so that they can focus on Jesus. Not the turmoil. Not the sickness. Focus on Jesus, my healer. Focus on Jesus, for He is my rest. Focus on Jesus because He will make you stronger. Focus on Jesus because He will command you. To get up and walk. Give God praise and glory in the house. Cover me while I recover from my attacks. Anybody ever been attacked? All you from New Hope. Let me see all you New Hopers. They talk about you here in the Zanesville area. You know, one thing that, see, you see, you kind of give it up in your name. You, you call New Hope Full Gospel Church. Does that mean, mean you believe the book, the Word of God from cover to cover and everything in between? You all are some radical fanatics. I'm just telling you because your name said you're full gospel and that means, that usually means, woo! Do you know how I know that? It's going on in Enterprise too. <laughs> and they talk about you because you're freaks and fanatics. It's okay. You're screwed on to the right bolt. And when they talk about you on the radio, we've had that going on on Enterprise too. <laughs> we were having a concert one time and my youth pastor Tommy come around to me and said, Pastor, he said, they're talking, another church is talking about us on the radio. They're telling us that if you take that group's songs and you play them backwards that you can hear. I said, I said, play them backwards. I have, I have difficulty getting it right going forward. He said, Pastor, what do you think we should cancel our concert? I said, it's free advertisement, brother. We're not paying for it. Let them talk. All you new hopers, all the other churches around you are intimidated by you. They're intimidated by the move of God because they see the rapid growth beginning to take place. They see consistency. It's not Pastor Joe and, and, and the group isn't just a, a fly-by-night clan. You have some sustainability. There's, there's foundation here. And I'll tell you what the intimidation is, is everybody thinks that you want their people. And you don't want their people. You want the unsaved. You want the world. You want... Mm, you want the ones that nobody else wants. Amen? That's why the world is intimidated by New Hope Church. It's a good thing when people start talking about you, even when it hurts. And all you family lifers can preach this to me tomorrow when they start talking about us again. <laughs> Cover me while I recover from my attacks. This is when a lot of people will turn their back on you. And they'll say, well, let me see, get this right, well, if you were really living for the Lord. Oh, let me get this right. Well, if you was really living for the Lord, uh, you wouldn't be going through that. Uh, and that's when you look back and say, uh, is that right? Let me tell you something. 
If you're not going through anything, it isn't because you're so spiritual. It's because God knows you can't be trusted with anything. Duh. I mean, now don't get me wrong. We don't need to brag about what we're going through. But I'll tell you this. The Word of God tells me in Psalms 34, 19, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God will deliver them out of them all. Not some, not partial, all. You know, you know, you gotta be concerned. You gotta be concerned when somebody comes up to you and says, my life's just glorious. Well, what am I doing wrong then? I mean, we gotta have a good attitude, and I've been telling people I'm living the dream. Because I am living, Ruth, I'm living a dream. I'm living for Jesus Christ, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Son of God, the mighty Lamb of God. I am living a dream. But I'll tell you this, sometimes I'm, excuse me, sometimes I'm walking through hell. How about you? Sometimes it seems like on every corner there's a cloud that follows me. It's just raining all the time. But God's grace is sufficient for thee. When others are attacked, you don't run away, you run in. There's when, when others are attacked, that's when we need to protect. That's when we need to encourage. That's when we need to pray. I spent time with Pastor Joe yesterday, and it was a, it was a phenomenal time, and a great man of God. I just, I mean, just the spirit of God just, just exudes from him. And we spent time talking with one another, and we were in his office, and he told me that every month he sends forty some emails out to other pastors, wanting them to come and just pray with him. And he said sometimes there might be five or six. Do you know why the kingdom of God in the United States? It's not escalating at a a rate that it is in Africa and in other countries. Because we are so scared to come into agreement. And I want you to understand something. That's a ploy of the enemy. Because the enemy understands. The Word of God says, where two or three gather together in my name, there am I in the midst. But it also also says in that Scripture that if two or three agree asking anything, I said anything, it shall be done. The enemy knows the power of agreement. The enemy is scared to death of it. That's why when we look at each other, oh, they're a biker. I don't want anything to do with them. They just rode 5,000 miles. Did you smell them when they walked by? It's cold. Yeah. And sometimes you smell too. Let me get back up here where it's safe. We need to learn to cover one another. When we're going through attacks, that's, you don't leave people. That's the worst time to walk out on somebody. When, when a sister comes to you, when a sister comes to you and said her husband's just, just filed for divorce. Wow. No, that's when you run in. Cover them while they recover. Cover while they recover. I'm so glad that when I was in need, they didn't run out on me. I was so glad, Pastor Roy, that when I was in need, they didn't leave me. I was so glad that when I was down and I was out, they didn't stop praying, but they believed something. They believed that God was going to show up, stir and move, bring healing, bring restoration, bring repentance, bring deliverance. You don't run out. You run in. Cover me while I recover from my attacks. Listen, when you protect, when you cover, when you cover while someone recovers from their attacks, they need to be focusing on Jesus. They need to be focusing on the Word of God and His promises. And some of the promises from the Word of God says that you are the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. You're blessed coming in and you're blessed going out. You're blessed in the city and in the field. The Word of God says that you're the righteousness of Christ. 
The Word of God says He'll never leave you, never forsake you. I believe for the church the best is yet to come. I believe that there is a last day stirring to take place in the church house unlike anything we've ever seen in our history. The Word of God says the weeping may endure for the night, but God, but joy comes in the morning. I'll be honest, that should stir you up more than that. I know, I know we've been here, we've been here almost two hours. I told you all you were freaks and fanatics for God. You new hopers, I don't know what it is. I'm going to preach right here. I'm going to preach right here. I come to tell you all something. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Good morning! Good morning! Well, morning comes at 6 a.m. No, morning comes when you need Him. Morning comes when you're in the middle of attack and distress and everything else. And you stop crying. You stop moaning. You stop groaning and say, Good morning! That's when morning shows up. I'm almost finished. I believe tomorrow is a big day. I believe, I believe that there is something on the horizon of tomorrow. And as I say tomorrow, I don't necessarily mean Monday morning. I mean, the tomorrow of the church needs to be greater than the yesterday of the church. Because when we lose hope of our tomorrow, we are in sad shape. I heard, I heard Pastor Joe say Friday night, and I don't even know if he realized what he said, but it got deep down on the inside of me, so much so I wrote it down, I'm going to take it back to Enterprise, and you all going to act like you've never heard it, but I'm going to preach it at home. And you better amen it there too. It's what Pastor Joe said Friday, stirred me up, fired me up. A man of God said, the only hope that the nation has is the church in Christ. That stirred me up. That that ought to stir you up. And I'll tell you why it ought to stir you up. Because you are a part of something that's bigger than you. It's bigger than the state. It's bigger than the nation. And it's bigger than the world. And His name is Jesus Christ. Do you realize, do you realize how valuable this is? That we got, we got people from all nationalities, ethnic groups, backgrounds, everything else in Zanesville, Ohio. Where is that? I don't know. To where we come under the blood-stained banner of Jesus Christ, not the bikers for Christ, not the, excuse me, this or that or whatever, but under the blood-stained banner of Jesus Christ, where we can, where we can let, uh, where we can let, well, my doctrine says this, well, my doctrine says that, well, my Bible says, what does the Word of God say? Where we can come under the blood-stained banner of Jesus Christ, unified and understand it doesn't have to be over when the bikes pull out of the parking lot, but it's just the beginning that we can take it. Let me tell you all something. You've been exposed to some radical teaching and preaching this weekend, except for this morning, because but I'm telling you, Friday night, I heard I heard a word of God from a man of God. I'm like, whoa. See, I like somebody get right in my face to where I can just feel the spit all over me. That's what Pastor just I don't I don't I don't know so much about this monotone, limp wristed, uh pale Jesus, sissy fied, pansy fied Jesus. I don't I don't know that kind of Jesus. I'm talking about a Savior that walked to Calvary, laid His life down willingly, and as they drove the nails in His hands and feet and thrust the Spear into His side, He never said a word other than the fact, forgive them for they know not what they do. And we go through a little bit of something here. Toughen up, you big
baby. Oh, sorry. That was only meant for Enterprise. They're the only ones that gets that, and they get it. But you've been exposed to some phenomenal preaching and teaching this weekend and fellowship. Can I say something and you hear my heart in it? Please, don't take it back to your group. Don't take it back to your chapter. Don't take it back to, and I'm sorry, I'm not a biker. I don't know the lingo. You take it back in you. You take it back in you. And you live it in front of your chapter. You live in front of your group. You live, you live it at home. In front of your wife. In front of your children. In front of your husband. You want to be a witness for Jesus Christ? Live it! Don't just speak it. And the most difficult place to do it is at home. Because you get in front of your chapter, you get in front of this or that, and you can say anything, you can preach anything, you get all fired up, and you can do all these things, and it could be false and fake. Do you live it every day? Take it home in you. Got quiet there, didn't it? Give me about 50 more minutes. Where's Pastor Joe? Pastor Joe, I need some backup. Get your message ready, man. They're ready. Psalms 144, verse 2, New Century Version. Mike, if you'd come up and get ready to play, please. It says, He protects me like a strong-walled city. He protects me like a strong-walled city. And He loves me. Can I just tell you something? My own earthly father didn't want me. I didn't meet Him until I was 37 years old. And you know, I'll be honest with you, He's an old, hardcore Harley rider. He is. He is. And my own, my own earthly daddy didn't want me. And you know what? Honestly, I'm fine with that. Because I found my father, and it says he loves me. Word of God says he protects me like a strong-walled city. He loves me. He is my defender and my savior. He is my shield and my protection. He helps me to keep my people under control. Praise God. But the Word of God says He is my shield and my protector. And I'll tell you this. If you begin to go through, and it seems as though everybody's turned their back on you, it seems like everybody's forsaken you, everybody has turned and run the opposite direction, you can find peace, comfort, and promise in the Word of God where God said, I will be your shield. In other words, He's saying, I will step in between you and your harm. I will step in between you and your attacker. Isaiah 54, 17 says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper, but every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, you shall condemn, because that is the heritage of the children of the Lord. I want you to understand, God did not tell you there would not be a weapon formed. He just said it will not prosper. So circumstances at times going to look bad. Sometimes they're going to look real bad. But God protects me like a strong-walled city. He loves me. He is my shield and my protection. So I don't know what it is that you're facing today. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know your problems. And you know, this weekend is great because we can get away and we can all get together. We can let our hair down and we can just be ourselves and have fun in Jesus. Because if you're not having fun in Jesus, you're not having fun at all. And, and you know, but I want to tell you something. Monday morning awaits you. And for some of us, that is to go back to church and clean up a mess that somebody made today. To some of us, that is going back home where bills are a little, where bills has piled up because there hasn't been enough money come in. You go back home and there's issues at home. Your sons and daughters, some of them strung out on drugs and alcohol and your sons and daughters' marriages are in a mess and all kind of crazy, goofy, freaky things going on. There may be a storm awaits you tomorrow, but God said, I will be your shield and your protection. And we need to find peace, refuge, and comfort. And that promise, as I close, Psalms 18.2, it said, The Lord is my rock 
my protection, my Savior. My God is my rock. I can run to Him for safety. He is my shield and my saving strength. He is my defender. Do you know God is your shield this morning? Do you know Him as your Savior? And one one last closing thing that I want to share is, I believe that there's some here this morning that are far from God. Far from God. What do you mean, Pastor? I'm in a church house. Are you in church or are you in Christ? I believe there's some that has given lip service to God. I believe there's some that has made promises to God. But when the storm cleared, I'm going to go back where I came from. I want to do, I want to do what I was doing then. And then as soon as the storm breaks out again, you run back to Jesus. It's time the playing church stops. It's time that God games are put to the side. And it's time that you lay your life out before Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and say, God, consume me. God, take all of me. Not just certain segments, not just certain areas, but God, consume me like a fire. For I will be honest with you, outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ, you were playing nothing but Russian roulette, never knowing what tomorrow holds. But honey, isn't it good to know the One who holds tomorrow in the palm of His hand. Would you stand your feet this morning, please? I believe that God wants to bring healing into individuals this morning. I believe He wants to bring physical healing, spiritual healing, and emotional healing throughout this congregation. When was the last time you made a trip to an altar? When was the last time you exposed your whole self to God? When was the last time that you laid on your face before God and said, search me and see if there be any wicked way in me? And if there is, purge me of it. If there is, point it out to me. If it is, rip it apart out. Get it out of me, God. And I'll tell you, as He rips it, it hurts. Because He doesn't want you to forget where He brought you from. This morning, if you need healing, get around this altar. Get on your face before God and cry out to Him. And say, God, I need You as my Savior. I need You as my healer. I need You to shield me. I need You to cover me while I recover. But I also believe that there are lost here this morning that needs to come to know and accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And can I be bold? Can I be bold? I believe a lot of us are wearing patches on our back. We can look like it, but it doesn't mean we're living it. But when we step out, that's when we really become a warrior for God. It isn't about the clothes we wear. It isn't about the car we drive, the bike we ride, the house we live in, the check it comes in. It's about right here. And I'll tell you, we need a transfer, about an 18-inch transfer right here. We have the heart, we have, we have the head knowledge of what it is to live for God. We have the head knowledge as to what it is to be saved. But do we have the heart knowledge that goes along with it? Have we really repented before God for our sins? Have we really got on our face before God? Have we allowed God the opportunity to, to touch us, save us, and heal us, and bring us into the wholeness that He wants? Or are we just too busy having fun to care? This morning, if you have a need, if you need healing, if you want to accept Him as Lord and Savior, I want you to come. And as they come, a true brother or sister in the Lord, cover them while they recover. Come alongside of them and pray with them. Have the boldness as you come alongside to look at them and say, have you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life? If we are not willing to ask that, we are really not a friend at all. Well, I've known them for years, but yeah, you need to ask them. Because you really don't know what they've been going through. This morning, if you need to be covered to recover, come. If you need healing, come. If you need to receive Him as Savior, come this morning. Cover somebody while they recover this morning. Let God bring recovery into your life this morning. I don't know the battles that rage. I don't know what you're dealing with, but I'll tell you, 
God, God is breathing in this word this morning. We just need to come to him and allow him to bring healing and restoration. Come let him cover you while you recover. Bring your heart to him. Father, we just come before your throne this morning. We thank you for this time, this privilege to be into your presence. And Father, your word says that whatsoever we shall ask in prayer, believing that shall we receive. And Father, I believe that there is many receiving ministry that's going on throughout this sanctuary this morning. Father, I pray you just continue to breathe fresh, breathe anew on us, God. For your ways are not our ways, Father. They are, your thoughts are not our thoughts, for they are much higher than our thoughts. And Father, I pray that you just continue to move. God, that we would be there to cover our brothers and sisters while they would recover. Father, I thank you for being the shield, God, that steps in between us and harm, steps in between us and, and, and whatever seems to be breaking loose in our life. Father, that we would look to you and you alone. We would not look to a man or a woman. We would not look to a group for answers, but we would look unto the Son of God. Father, I pray that you would just touch us right where we are, God. You'd bring us up out of that pit, God, if, if, if there's issues going on in our lives. And, and if, Father, I pray that you would deal with the spirit of pride right now in this sanctuary. That if there are things going on in our lives and we don't want to ask for help, we don't want to ask anybody to cover us, that, God, that you would just break that off of us right now in the spirit realm. And we would just look at our neighbor and say, I need help. I need you to cover me while I recover. I need you to, to pray over me. And then you come to the Lord. Lord, allow Him to strengthen you, allow Him to heal you, allow Him to, to pick you up out of the miry clay and set your feet on the solid rock, which is Jesus Christ. Father, I pray You just continue to stir and move in this congregation. I pray that You would just breathe healing out on us. Just breathe on us, Father. And Father, I pray that You would minister to us in the way that we need You, God. Search us, God. See if there be any wicked way in it. Point it out to us. And may we be faithful to repent and ask for forgiveness. We thank you, Father. We thank you. And we ask it in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and all of God's children said, Amen. Amen. Give Him praise and glory in the house. Praise and glory. Give Him glory. Come on. As the King of kings and the Lord of lords we're talking about. He's Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Glory to God. Glory, glory.